and welcome to Girls' Night, where we work through life's biggest decisions and transitions together. I'm your host, Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so glad you're here. So if you've spent any time in my little corner of the internet lately, you've probably heard me say that I have three big secrets I've been keeping from basically everybody for the last, gosh, it feels like forever. I finally got to share secret number one a few weeks ago, and that was some of the big changes we've had going on here at Girls' Night. New cover art, new music, new focus, new network. I've been so excited to share that news with you, but I have to tell you, secrets number two and number three have been much harder to keep because they impact everything. Well, I finally get to tell you secret number three on March 18th, and I get to tell you secret number two today. Friend, I am truly over the moon about this. In this episode, I'm gonna get to tell you my huge news and all of the details that I've been dying to share with you for ages. I've been keeping this secret for the last 18 months, and today I finally get to tell you everything. My dear friend Carly Kellerman is here to help me share the news, and I honestly can't wait any longer. So let's do this. Let's dive in. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. Oh. 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Hey, friends. This is a very extra special episode of Girls' Night. I am not Stephanie Mae Wilson, which you've probably already gathered. My name is Carly Kellerman, and I am so, so beyond delighted to be taking the reins from my dear friend Stephanie to talk about something wildly exciting that's going to impact all of us. So Stephanie, welcome to your own show. Ah. (laughs) I am so nervous. Is this how everyone else feels when they sit in this chair? I am super nervous. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Oh my gosh. Uh, Hi, guys. (laughs) Hi. hi. Stephanie, um, dear friend and listener, will be familiar to you, of course. Um, But let's just just give her a taste of her own medicine, shall we? And Stephanie, share a fun fact with your with the realm about yourself would you oh my gosh you know what <laughs> i was ready for this and then now i'm again i'm panicking um okay a fun fact about me is that i for my whole life and i mean until the last handful of years i guess have been a dancer mm-hmm. i'm like a dance kid. I, 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 my girls just got their first pair of ballet shoes and I'm like tearing up as I'm slipping them on their little feet. Cause the oh. first time I took my, like I took my first dance class, I was their age and, um, I danced all the way through high school, danced competitively at my school. We were good. We won state. It was, um, it took up 11 months out of my year. We had 11 month seasons. Uh, and then in that off season, I was preparing for tryouts again. It was like some people in the audience know exactly what I'm talking about. It was, it was intense. It was wonderful. It taught me so much. So yeah, I'm totally, totally a, a dance girl. It is a full-on Disney Channel original movie, it sounds like. It is a full-on Disney Channel original movie. Absolutely. Yes, you went to state. I, I'm obsessed with this. Excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. Yep. I love that. I'll have uh, to find a picture. I, have, I obviously have oh, pictures. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, come with receipts. Okay. We'll... We'll cross that bridge when it's time to actually air. Okay. okay, so Stephanie, we started this season. You started this season, not so much with like a single 
big announcement, but rather like a series of explosions, it felt like, (laughs) all of your updates. And it's been so fun watching them kind of take off in real time, right? And so from the podcast network to some shifts in how you're doing things with the podcast to your life updates, I mean, my gosh, you have been insanely busy behind the scenes. And the craziest part is that what we're going to talk about today is so much bigger than all of those things. (laughs) I was thinking about it as I was getting ready and I feel um, perhaps a touch grandiose, but also justified in saying that Girls Night will forever hinge on this episode. I think there is pre this episode and post this episode. And I'm going to stand by that. I love it. No big deal. No pressure. Will you... Will you talk to us a little bit about what has been taking up so much of your heart, mind, soul time behind the scenes over the last 18 months, two years? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you're totally right. I, I narrowed it down to the fact that I have three big secrets mm-hmm. that I... And, and you know this about me, Carly. I am a horrible secret keeper. I true. like... I just... It's like exploding out of... Like I have to like cover my mouth. Like don't tell <laughs> me... That you're pregnant. Don't tell me that you're you've got a new job. Like, just don't tell. Don't be the first to tell you're, me. You're from SNL. Oh my god! I totally am. I totally <laughs> am. Um, so I've been like dying behind the scenes over here. So secret one was all the changes that have been happening to the podcast, which you guys know now. We have new music, um, done by my amazing friend Amanda Wallace and her new husband Aaron Beaumont. Um, we have a new like kind of focus for the show, like same show but a little different and so good. I'm so excited about where we're going. Um, And new network. I'm so honored to get to be part of the That Sounds Fun network with such amazing shows. So that was secret number one. And they've gotten... Like the secrets get are are hard. Number two and number three are much harder to keep. (laughs) Um, They are wild. And so today I'm so excited to get to share number two. Number three is coming in a few weeks. Number three has to do with number two, but you'll find out why soon. Um, Carly, for the last... Really, yeah, 18 months. It all kind of started a little more than two years ago. I've been writing a book. <gasps> You're writing a book. You wrote a book. I You're not writing it anymore. Praise Jesus. That is just an undertaking of it, a lifetime. Seriously, yes. It all... So I, I looked back and it, this whole thing started actually with a lunch date with you. Um, a little over two years ago, it was September of 2021. Does that make sense? Is that, yeah, is that right? right. That's yeah. Right. Um, so it was September of 2021. You took me to lunch and you said, Steph, I think it's time. And we can talk about your role in all of this as well. Um, but so that's when it all kicked off. And so since then, I've been writing, I've been trying to figure out exactly what it is I want to say. Mm-hmm. I've been putting together the book proposal, which is a whole thing. Um, I've been presenting the book and saying, anyone want to publish it? Hello, hello. Um, And now it's uh, like, I got to do the whole thing. I got to sign the book contract. I got to spend, gosh, 18 months writing this thing and editing it. And uh, so today, as of today, we are in the very, very, very final stages of everything. And the book comes out in just a few months. It comes out on April 30th. Bananas. How does it feel to say all that? Oh, like a weight is off my shoulders. Well, I feel like should we should we show it? Carly and I have. Uh, Carly, tell us what tell us what we're holding because I feel like I don't know if people most people so, know the difference. These are 
let, let's share with the class. <laughs> These are called ARCs. That stands for an advanced reader copy. Um, so there are some tweaks. It's not a totally finalized manuscript. There might be a comma or a rewritten sentence here or there, but we are so close to final. And so these are the advanced reader copies that go out to um, folks that you're friends with so that they can get an early read and make sure they're sharing the awesome message and the great news about the book with everybody else. And I mean, just like Stephanie, you've created so many amazing products. You've written prayer journals and your memoir and all of these different pieces. How does this feel compared to that? Is there a difference in how it feels in your hand after the lengthy process that you went through to get to this point, the different kind of effort and soul that went into this product? I don't want to tip my hat or take anything out of this, but like I've been so privileged to walk alongside you in several of those products. And I can speak with complete authority and confidence. This one was such a labor of love, even more than what I've seen before. So talk about how this feels um, different than what you've done before. Oh, man. Well, um, I want to talk about the the like backside of it, the publishing side of it in a second. But just in terms of the the book itself, yeah. um, I found out that there's, or I've, I've discovered, I've learned a lot lately, um, there's such a thing called a trade book. Mm-hmm. And a trade book is sort of, um, I mean, help me with this, but like presenting an idea from beginning to end, like a, re- like, I don't, how would you describe a trade book different from like a, like a journal? Trade's a little bit of a bigger umbrella than what you're kind of getting at. It, okay. may, it mostly just means, um, in this context, it means adult nonfiction, right? And so right. it's different from a devotional or a journal, which would probably fall into more of a specialty or gift space. Um, trade books are often going to be either narrative nonfiction, so memoir, or um, they take more of a teaching kind of preaching position. Um, and this book, you haven't even said the title, babe. <laughs> okay. I can't say it. You, this is your baby. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Okay. So it's called Create a Life You Love, How to Quiet Outside Voices So You Can Finally Hear Your Own. Oh, my gosh. And so the f- really fun thing about this, you guys, were, I'm like all over the place with this announcement because again, this is my first time saying any of this, <laughs> but um, the cover I'm so obsessed with. And we, I, I mean, every bit of this has been such a labor of love, like trying to get it exactly perfect is the wrong word because it's not about perfection. It's just about like, right. Like yeah, right, trying yes. to do the the message justice, trying to to be what it's like really supposed to be. So anyway, um, this cover, this genius is, uh, was created by my husband, Carl Wilson. Who else? He did such an amazing job with it. Dream team. Dream um, team. Carly, how, so can you just tell how you fit into all of this? Because obviously, you know a little bit about publishing and you've been here behind the scenes, but I want to make sure that everyone gets to hear like really who you... I mean, you've been on the show a lot of times as Carly, but official work Carly. Yeah, How do you fit into this whole picture? I have cobbled myself into Stephanie's professional life, whether she likes it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I am am enmeshed now. Um, So my professional uh, context is I've worked in publishing for more than a decade at this point. Um, I worked for HarperCollins Christian Publishing for most of that time um, in a variety of roles. 
And so my um, my position when Stephanie was in the process of sort of thinking through this, I had the privilege of working as the associate publisher for Zondervan Books. And in that context, I had the, the privilege to go to Stephanie and say, you built something so special. This community is so authentic and so real. And it's time for the next step in the messaging. Like, what is the next big thing that we're talking about here? Um, so Stephanie, you and I sat down several times. We had a couple of writing retreats, which were just some professional highs for me to kind of parse out what is the need here? What do people really, really need in their lives? Where where are women lacking permission? Where are women lacking agency? How do we re-establish that squarely as you are in the driver's seat of your own life? And so we got to work together to... Um, craft this message and outline. Um, so we did that together. And then Stephanie went back and wrote the book. I had the privilege of editing it. Um, and then promptly um, took a different job. <laughs> it would have been rude, except my new job is that of a literary agent. And so day one, I was like, hey, back to this situation. And uh-huh. uh, so I am now your literary agent and get to kind of be a bulldog advocate on on the other side of the table. It is so funny and amazing that we get to do this together. Mm-hmm. It is. And and we, we I want to talk about I want to talk about the behind behind the scenes of publishing because I know that there are women who are wanting to write a book and I feel like maybe we can tell that story like another Yeah. This time. is about yeah. Okay. Um yeah, we can talk about that that more another time. Um but it's been so fun to get to do this together. And I think that that's, that really is what, how this book has been so different. So not only... I feel like this book is the umbrella over everything that I've been doing for the last 10 years. That sounds right. Um, I just... I, I've been walking through my own season of life, trying to figure out who I am and where I'm going and who I'm going to spend my life with. And if I want to be a mom and how to be a mom, like, what does that look like? And my career and just making all these big decisions and going through all these transitions in my own life of the last 10 years or so. And along the way, because this is my, totally my personality, I like learn something, figure something out, take a couple steps. And then I'm like, okay, well now I have this insight or I have this like turn left there, don't turn right there, or like bring a sweater at this point, it gets a little chilly. Um, And so I just turn around and go, does anyone need this? And it turns out that people do. And so that's really what I've been doing for the last 10 years in all these different areas of life. But the tricky thing is that like I've never been able, I've never had had the the space to be able to fully articulate like the common thread. Mm -hmm. Like whether you are single or dating or engaged or newly married or have been married for a long time, whether, you know, you are, don't want to be a mom or you're trying to be a mom or you think maybe at some point you want to be a mom or you're pregnant or like wherever you are in all of these spectrums, we still all have to make all these decisions about our lives and we're also tr- going through so many transitions what's the through line and that's what this book is it's the thing that i've been talking about in the between places that prayer journal or um in love your single life my course or it's it's the thing that's been through every single thing in every episode of girls night mm-hmm. it's just never gotten to be in one place and so i think that's why it was such a labor of love because i did want it to be perfect because it wasn't it was simultaneously, I was saying something new and collecting something that's been around for a really long time, something that's been tried and true for 
for 10 years and yeah. wanting to make sure that it, it, it like hits an exact right place in the exact right way, wanting to make sure that it is as helpful as possible. And um, I've just been so picky about every single bit of it, wanting it to be exactly right for the women who are going to read it. And so, yeah, this is absolutely, writing this book is the hardest thing I've ever done professionally. And it's the best thing I've done professionally. Yeah. Like I just am so sure. I think that's very well articulated because... You're exactly right, Stephanie. It was it was 100% kind of this gathering and sifting of what you were already talking about because it was one of those things where you you've talked around this into so many specific um, applications, mm-hmm. and so it's almost harder in some ways to pull back a little bit and say, "What is the common denominator here? What is the actual takeaway that is more broadly applicable than?" I'm making this course for women who are in a singleness season, or I'm writing this prayer journal for people who um, feel kind of in the middle of things. And so, um, it's like you'd been—it's like you'd been talking around this concept um, in specificity, but not consistency, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, to finally find the language, it's like. It kind of reminds me a little bit of one of those um, like thought exercises that you do in like a stats class or English class or something where you have to write instructions for how to make a peanut butter sandwich. Did you ever do one of these? Absolutely. Yes. That's really what this was, right? Because it's like, you're like, well, obviously you you spread the peanut butter on the bread, but if you never told people you need bread and you need peanut butter and you need a knife and open the peanut butter, it's like you're missing steps. And so this book, Create a Life You Love, is really about that foundational level, but it's it's widely and deeply applicable into anybody's personal circumstances, which is kind of like, I don't want to call it a magic bullet in as much as like, (laughs) this isn't going to, you know, solve all the world's problems, but I really think it has what readers need to consider their life both critically and generously and to decide for themselves, where do we want to go? What are we building here? Um, And you put together this just beautiful toolkit to empower your readers in practical and tactical ways. And I'm just, I'm just so thrilled personally. Mm. Well, thank you. I, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm so, it was so hard because it just, it had to be exactly it had to be exactly right. Like every word was so painstakingly painstakingly chosen because we're not talking about that. We're not talking about this. We're not talking like this isn't a general, no, that's not what this feels like. You know, it's like I knew exactly what I was trying to do. Doing it was really hard. Um, The the thing that's been so cool about this process is, um, and I don't know if if the women in our community know this, um, all of my books up until this point have been like independently published. Like we have done them all ourselves. I've, Carl is just a jack of all trades and an incredible designer and art director and everything else. He's one of those people who's good at everything. It's like infuriating and also very helpful. Um, But so so Carl and I have worked together. Um, Carly, you've worked with us especially on the last couple of projects, which has been so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've sort of put together my own little team of geniuses um, who have helped me with this, the last handful of, of projects. And that's been so cool because we've had control over every bit of it, getting to make it exactly what we want it to be, you know, getting to pick out the exact color of foil for the cover. And, um, and that's been so wonderful. But really what you 
pitched to me or what you proposed to me when you said like, okay, like let's sit down and and talk about this again. Because we've always been talking about books and publishing, like our whole friendship. It's it's something that we like having, it's a passion we both have in common. So we've talked about it in various, at various times, but this was the first time we were like, I really think it's time. Like, I really think it's time to take this step of doing this traditionally, of working with yeah. a publisher, working with an established team, working with a team of editors, working with a sales team that gets it into all the different book, yeah. bookstores and things. Like, I think this is the time. And so this was my first project, working with a publisher, signing a book contract, um, working with a team and like a, a big team. Yeah, And it's been so cool because... It's been so cool. It is. I'm so just passionate about the idea that like we we are so much better together. Like we and when everyone gets to be a genius in their little like zone, and we put those things all together, what ha- like the culmination of it? I mean, it's just amazing. It's amazing what can happen. And um, the other thing is that I, for the longest time, thought that writing, especially, was a very solitary undertaking. Like you go into a cabin in the woods and you come out with something brilliant. And I've always struggled with that because I am notoriously wrong about my own ideas. Like I will have an idea that I think is amazing and and it turns out like it's it's not that amazing. Or I'll have an idea that I think You'll is just... There's a nugget of amazing in there. What'd you say? Your idea, there's a nugget of amazing in there. It just needs, you know. Some more. Well, like it's, things sound, you know, when you're just in your head, you know, trying to figure things out by yourself, like you just have, it's really helpful to have people to bounce it off of. And so, yeah, they're like, I'll have an idea and I'll be like, this is the best thing I've ever thought of. And then we're saying it out loud. It's like, oh, actually, maybe it's not. (laughs) But then there are things that I'll think of that I think are just like, you know, medium ideas. And it turns out those are some of my best and I wouldn't know that if I didn't have someone else to work through them with. And so like this book in in particular has been so collaborative, especially with you. Mm-hmm. Like you've been with me every step of the way, helping me get it out of my head and helping me arrange it in a way that's helpful for somebody else. And it's just been so freeing to be like, a book does not have to be something that you do by yourself. Like none of this life at all. None, none of it. We don't have to do any of it by ourselves. We can like... All of it's better when we work together. Which is really, that's that's not the point of Create a Life You Love, but it's definitely a byproduct of it, I think. You know, so much of what we talk about in the book um, is about how you choose who you're surrounding yourself with and how you set your priorities and how the people around you, you know, I don't want to give a ton of the content away, but you talk so deeply about your cabinet. And I think that as a concept here of of having the people in your life who you can turn to and trust and get wise counsel. um, That's a hugely significant part of it. And I think that having walked through, um, well, talk talk about our new favorite term for this season of life. Okay. Because I feel like, because I feel like that really we need we need to have that language uh-huh. in order to talk a little bit more about who this book is for mm-hmm. and why it's just the best companion for a very fraught season of life for most women at some point post grad pre menopause. <laughs> like let's just be honest. Yes. 
Um, well, so as I've been doing this work for the last you know 10 years, walking with women through some of the biggest decisions and transitions of their lives, um, like we said, we've been I've been doing it sort of in these little silos. Like, okay, well, let's talk about this relationship or let's talk about this relationship or this decision. And I think that we, it, it can feel like we're we're all solving different problems mm-hmm. and therefore alone in the problems that we are solving. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more time I spent with women and like who were asking big decisions and going through big transitions, the more I started to see like some through lines. Um, the more that I started to see, like, I think we're actually doing a lot of the same things. They just sort of have like different costumes on. And so I started to ask more questions about like, what is happening here? What is happening to women our age? And what does even like our age look like? Because you're right, there's there's this, when you're in your late 20s, 30s, early 40s, you're not, like, I guess you're an adult. Um Yes. You're still, but you're still young, but you're not a young adult because that feels like kind of patronizing and also like a little too young. Um, we're not old enough to have a midlife crisis. We're not really necessarily young enough to have a quarter life crisis, but a lot of what we're dealing with feels like a crisis. It's this, um, it's this giant pileup, right? Of expectations, hopes and dreams, biological clocks, the reality of our finiteness, you know? It's the season where you need to be hustling the most in your career because we all know that our financial implications in the long run are in large part determined by what we do in this season of life in our late 20s and early 30s. It's also the time that we're settling down and either considering getting married or wanting to get married or navigating marriage in the first few years and or all of our friends' vibes too, right? Mm -hmm. And then the family piece of it. And how how do you as a woman hit pause on one of those things in order to concentrate on the other when it doesn't feel like that's an option. Like everything's going to keep moving forward. I'm, I'm looking around at, at all of these women dealing with different things, trying to make big different decisions, but they're all kind of similar in some ways. Um, I start doing some research about like, what does this look like historically? Like, how did we get to where we are today? How did like, how have women done this in the past? Has this always looked like this? Um, and and really that as i uncovered more and more and more it turns out there's a lot of history there there's a lot more to this this is not the stressfulness of this season isn't just an us thing it's a like last 200 years thing and also we're building the plane as we're flying it all at the same time which we can talk about later but i just couldn't believe there wasn't a name for this season of life for the fact that women are putting their whole lives together all at the same time and so i made one up and it's called the everything era Mm-hmm. And it's this weird, wonderful, and wildly difficult span of years during which you'll make the most biographically significant decisions of your life all at the same time and in front of a very opinionated audience. <laughs> that is my definition. The everything era. Yeah. And the thing is that everything, like it is everything. It is all happening at the same time. We're trying to figure out our whole lives all at the same time. And it's so, it's as stressful and and significant as that word implies. But also, it's an incredibly exciting time in life because this is a season of life where you can create anything you want and the paint is still wet. Mm -hmm. Like so much is still up in the air. So little is set in stone, which means there's still so much you can change and so much you can do and so many different paths available to you. And you get to choose which one to take. 
But of course, that's incredibly overwhelming. And there are so many people around you, around all of us that have opinions about what our lives are supposed to look like, particularly during these years. And so that's where this book comes in. Mm -hmm. The book is um, like a place to get quiet, a place to turn down the volume on all the supposed to's in your life. You're supposed to get married at this point. You're supposed to have this many kids. You're supposed to feed your kids like this. Your house is supposed to look like this. You're supposed to have this kind of job. Turning all of those down and going, who am I? Mm. What do I want? Yeah. And how do I get there? Yeah. Um, this book is a, a guide through the everything era. And I think what's what's really powerful about the positioning of this book is it's going to be meaningful to somebody at the front end of that everything era and somebody who's like, elbows deep in some choices they've already made, right? Mm-hmm. I think about this book as what I needed when I was 24, 25, and feeling like everybody else's life is progressing and I feel stuck, right? This book would have been a godsend in that context, right? Similarly, 10 years later, I still take things away from this, you know? And I, I'm i in a wildly different season of life than I was at 25, right? I'm I have a husband and a career and a house and two babies and like all of these things that 10 years ago seemed like pipe dreams and hopes and prayers. Now that's my everyday. But there are still elements about this book that are so important to be reminded of on a regular basis. You know, everyone's facing some kind of transition in their life most of the time. And the powerful thing about Create a Life You Love. Um, is that no matter where you find yourself in your everything era, this book is going to give you permission to put yourself again in the driver's seat and to say, just because this is how it has been doesn't mean it's how it has to stay. Just because I've been on this path doesn't mean I can't take a look over there. Um, It's an incredibly powerful, it's an incredibly powerful message in that way. Mm, Thank you. I, I really like, you know, I've thought, I've spent so much time thinking about but the thing I love about this book is that it's it's kind of a lot of things in one. Like mm-hmm. um, in, it's sort of one part, so my stories, you know, my stories of how I decided to travel around the world for a year, how I decided, like knew that Carl was the one, how I decided um, what I wanted to do for a career, how we ended up in Nashville, how we um, ended up starting our own businesses, how we ended up, buying our house, how we ended up deciding we wanted to have kids, like all of these giant decisions and and moments where I've put the pieces of my life together, like all those stories are in here. And I love that. It's also one part women's history, which has been such an important thing for me. As I've been making all these different decisions in my life, I've felt this like almost nagging, like pulling at my ankles. Like, you know, when you're walking through you know, water, you have like, you're walking through the ocean. It's like maybe up to your knees. You can feel the pull and push of the tide. You can feel like, depending on how strong that undertow is, it can totally knock you over and you're just up to your knees. And that's what I've felt throughout the last 10 years is this pull of like, it's supposed to look this way or like, Mm -hmm. I have to do this Mm -hmm. or women always, or women should, or people would be so happy if I, Mm -hmm. and there are some ways in which I realized I was building a life according to those supposed to's, not according to what I actually wanted. And so that's really when I started looking into our history as women. And I got to trace some threads back of like, 
this is why I feel this pressure. Or like, this is why it feels like the only option for me is blank. Or this is why I feel so much guilt when I choose this option instead of that one. Um, So really like in a manageable, not boring history class way, we dive into like what what the pressure has looked like on women for the last 200-ish years and also what the option, what options have been available to us for the last 200-ish years. And I love that part because I just think that when we can understand like where we've come from, we can understand what is pulling at our ankles and mm-hmm. either go with it on purpose, you know, saying like, this is what historically women have been encouraged to do. I want to do that. I'm going to do that on purpose. Or no, like this pressure has been pulling at women for generations. I am rejecting that on purpose. But the reason it feels so hard to do that is because this pressure has been on women for generations. Yeah. And I think I love I love your position in that section as kind of um, like a participant guide, right? I mean, you and I talked about this a hundred times in through our 20s of like, you know, I felt by the time I was 24, I felt like I was living off off of any known map that any woman in my family had lived before. That was that was an aggressive assessment of the situation for the record. <laughs> but like, I kept doing that really like unhelpful thing where I'd say when my mom was my age, she already was married with like three babies and and I'm living single in a new city and supporting myself and like she didn't ever do this. So like, how do I know what to do? You know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even that there was like external pressures on me to like align my life with her trajectory. But I think that there's something really deeply inherent about trying to do that of the people that you love and respect. You see, they have a life that you'd like to have something like that one day. So you think, well, if that was their roadmap, I guess I should do the same thing. But my my route is so different. Like, the, the exits off this highway are not remotely getting me where I think I need to go. Mm-hmm. And so what you do in that section, kind of illuminating that, right? It's giving a voice to the kind of nagging, it's not supposed to be this way, it's supposed to look like that, that so many of us do feel. And yeah. I want to add too, Stephanie, because I think this is so, so important. You anchor this um, kind of this history and your personal story. Um, those are some... some uh, guiding points in the book, but this is not a memoir, right? This is this is not just how you got through it and make your own assessments on how you get through it, dear reader. This is you doing what you have always, always, always said is your primary goal, which is being the person younger you needed, right? Or not even younger you necessarily. It's you are legitimately inviting everybody into your home to say, here's what I know. Here's what I think. What are your thoughts on the topic? Um, and that's something that you're so naturally gifted at. And so to see it in this long form, um, in a book that I know people are going to get their hands on and just scribble in the margins, they're going to be torn up copies. Um, and it's going to be something that as soon as you have your hands on this and read it, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, have you read Create a Life You Love yet? Like, you, we've got to talk about this. Please read this book so we can talk about it. Because it has that effect of gathering and encouraging and empowering. I kind of, oh, I love that. Um, I, mm, I think like the, the idea of bringing everyone into my house is like, so it, and I feel like it's, it's, here's what I know. What do you think? Mm -hmm. But also I feel like I'm like 
taking you and and putting a blanket on your shoulders and ushering you into another room into like my favorite cozy chair and bringing you a cup of something delicious and then shutting the door mm. so you can be in there by yourself for a while. Like mm-hmm. just giving you some time to be quiet by yourself in a place that's cozy and safe and with a pen and a you know beautiful journal so you can just like really think and reflect and like just hear yourself for a minute. Um, I just, maybe it's just that I have two toddlers right now and I'm like, someone putting me in a quiet room by myself is like the (laughs) kindest thing you could do for me. (laughs) So I'm like probably projecting a little bit, but it's, it's that. It's like, okay, let's do this. Let's get you some time and some space, but it's not just a journal. It's, 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 it's not a journal at all. It's not, but it's not just like space. It's, Okay, you know how you know how cleaning out your closets is like the most frustrating task. It's like when your closet is a mess, any of your closets, it's the kind of thing that is like always like sixth on your to-do list because it's super overwhelming. It's not a small task. Yeah. Um, you know, like you know it needs to get done. It's not quite annoying or pressing enough to like move to the top of your list. It just bothers you a little bit every day. And finally, it's like you get to the weekend and you're like, I am going to make this the day that I do it. And you pull everything out, which makes everything way worse before it gets better. You're totally like, I just like underwater in all of this junk that you've accumulated. And finding your way through is so overwhelming. And the thing that I... So so you like put it all back and are like, I'll just deal with this later. Like, yeah, forget that. Yeah, yeah forget I'm that. I'm okay, great. <laughs> I quit. I quit. The thing that's so helpful though is like having someone sit with you and just like be with you and like keep you in keep you in it but then also like help you hold up different things and go what do you think about this like keep or toss you know donate or trash and that's kind of what this is it's like it's some space but it's also like I'm sitting with you going okay let's just do this one little bite at a time you don't have to like you don't have to figure this out all at once you don't have to figure this out by yourself let's just do this a little bit at a time And, and that I know like some hand-holding like that is so helpful for me, especially when it's something that's overwhelming for me. And so I think that that's what I've really tried to put into this is like, you don't read a chapter and then have to come up with a vision statement for your life. Like that is too much. That is not helpful for anybody. That's absolutely right. I mean, and I think that the most impactful books in this world are the ones where the author takes the position as guide instead of guru. You're not... I mean, you have done the work. You have created a life you love. And no spoilers for Secret 3, but like, you continue to make choices and pivot and try new things, which is such a testament to the um, authenticity of this message and the messenger, right? But like, if you're looking for somebody to like hype you up with a microphone and like slap you on the butt and be like, go forth and do it. I, that's not this book. This book is so your cooler big sister your best friend, somebody coming alongside of you and being like, I'm in it too, dude. Here's what I'm thinking. And so that guide piece of it is really, really crucial, I think, to the ultimate impact that it's going to have on readers. Mm, I love that. 